You're listening to Hope for Today Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining in this virtual space. We believe that as you listen, Jesus will minister to you right where you are. So open up your mind and your heart to what the Word would say to you today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Jesus is our hope for today. I'm going to invite you to turn to Luke uh, chapter 22. And uh, we're going to continue in our, our sermon series, If I Only Knew Then What I Know Now. If I Only Knew Then What I Know Now. Now, what would you tell your younger self? And so we've been going through a few different pieces. Last week, it was uh, be careful who you go to for advice. And today, the title is this, when you want to give up, stay the course. When you want to give up, stay the course. Sometimes it can be easier said than done. Have you ever been emotionally and physically spent to the point where you want to give up? You ever been in that place where your will seems to oppose the wills of, will of others and so you want to tag someone else to take over? It's like a wrestler in a ring. I don't know how many of you are avid wrestler fans, but once upon a time when I was a teenager, one of the kids in our youth group named TJ, he loved wrestling. And that's when I learned about the whole world of wrestling. I thought he was crazy. I thought it was the, the silliest dramatic thing I'd ever seen. But the one the thing in a tag team ring is when the one wrestler's getting tired and getting beat, they can tag in their teammate and over they jump, over the, you know, over the, the rail or whatever you call it, the rope, and they're in. They've taken over. And I couldn't help but think of that imagery uh, in looking to a few parts of Scripture. And today for part one, we're going to look to the very life of Christ. One who knew what it was like. Sometimes we can forget this. He knew what it was like to live in this human fleshly experience. Sometimes we can think that, you know, nothing bothered Christ. That he was just a smooth surfer down like in California and nothing frustrated him. Nothing ever got to him. But we see throughout Scripture that wasn't the case. At one point, he even turned over tables in the courtyard leading to the temple because the people had turned the temple into something that it was not. They turned it into a marketplace when it was meant to be a house of prayer. And so you might be saying here, well, wait a second, pastor. You know, as Christians, we can't get bothered. Well, we can't get angry. We can't get frustrated. Well, sure we can you know, I think if we were to ask one another, we would all agree that in Christ, we're blessed and highly favored. We're, we're enjoying the grace-filled life, but certainly we can experience an attitude that is unsettled. You know, last week we looked at the definition for attitude and for sake of those who maybe are, are new to this series today or those watching virtually. Uh, attitude is defined as this, a settled way of thinking and feeling about something, communicating a position either of a cooperative or uncooperative orientation. You're either going to be cooperative, going with the flow, or you're not. And our attitude is put to the test, especially when facing a challenge or obstacle before us. We've all been there. We see that obstacle. We see that challenge before us. And essentially, we're given two choices. The two Fs. And it's not a curse word. Flight or fight. Flight or fight? Which one do you prefer? 
Do you prefer to overcome that temptation, overcome that challenge? Or can you resonate with the wrestler? I want to give in. You know what? I think I'd prefer to retreat and allow someone else to press over that hurdle, allow someone else to press over that obstacle. I'm done. How do we ever get in this pattern of thinking and feeling? Have you ever done a self-assessment, an emotional intelligence test to see what brought you to that place? And I wrote down a few notes here regarding this lowly state. I wrote this, if that obstacle that you see dictates your next steps to where you set up camp in it and you establish like a panic room, it can become difficult to press beyond it because we've given quarter to it. We're coddling it. We're, we're preferring to live in it rather than rising above it. And so as we look to Luke chapter 2, we're going to see how Jesus blazes a trail for us in the midst of the flesh, in the midst of the agony that was before him. He saw the obstacle. He saw the challenge before him. And in a moment, he asked his father that this cup would pass from him, but then said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And he blazed over that obstacle. He blazed over that challenge for our sake. Had he not met the challenge, had he not met the mission before him, we would still be dead in our sin. Again, when you want to give up, stay the course. Jesus shows us how to stay the course. And so right here in Luke chapter uh, 22, we're going to head over in verse 39. It says, he went out and made his way as usual to the Mount of Olives, and disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he told them, pray that you may not fall into temptation. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and began to pray. Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, my, not my will, but yours be done. Think about that for a moment. Jesus, again, we can sometimes forget. That he was really, he's not that much different from how we are today and the things that we face. The emotion, the heartache, the Bible calls it agony. In verse 43 it says, Then an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Wait, Jesus need to be strengthened? <laughs> what? Verse 44, Being in anguish, he prayed more fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he got up from prayer and came to the disciples, he found them sleeping, exhausted from their grief. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so you won't fall into temptation. You know, a lot of the times in sleep's important, we're going to look to that next week, but sometimes we will revert to sleep. We will revert to maybe feeding our bellies before doing the one thing that's probably the most important thing of all, and that is to pray. To pray when you're facing that obstacle. And Jesus tells his disciples, you better pray. You better pray. We can see there's two reminders in addition to this, this encounter with Jesus and his followers, two reminders of scripture that can inform our soul here this afternoon when facing various challenges and temptation to quit. 
In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I'm sure all of you, whether you've written this on your verse cards or maybe you have it on your fridge, Catherine, whatever it may be, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is one of my go-tos. It says, no temptation has seized you except which is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. Some say beyond what you're able to bear. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way out so that you will be able to bear it. Look at that last line. So that you will be able to bear it. It's not an escape clause. Like Jesus, again, he experienced the same things that we experience in this flesh. And he leaned to the sufficiency of his heavenly father's grace to see him through an angel of the Lord. Lord, capital Lord, Yahweh, angel was sent to Christ to minister to him and to strengthen him. Sometimes when you're going through a tremendous obstacle, we've all been there, I've experienced it myself, it's almost like a calm, reassuring hand on your shoulder, which we all believe the Holy Spirit indwells us, as the scripture says, but that hand could easily be your guardian angel. Through the angel there that is strengthening you. And part of scripture we're told when Jesus was talking with his followers and they wanted to cast aside the children as if they were maybe a bother, he said, don't do such a thing for even their angels are always before their heavenly father. We have ministering angels all around us. We don't worship them, but they help strengthen us in partnership with the agency of the Holy Spirit. And so when you think about this provision of heaven, I'm a visual person. I can just envision how the Holy Spirit is indwelling with us and the angels are all around us and we have all this provision right there with us. But the thing about God's divine favor, the cup, the portion as we sang here towards us, overflows to us because we're in Christ. This is something that if you could get into the spirit of those who don't know Jesus, if they could, you know, come to a grips with this, they experience something that they had never experienced before in their life. A provision, a, a, a peace, a joy that goes beyond understanding. But Jesus is showing us here in this very encounter in the Garden of Gethsemane, it doesn't mean we won't face challenges. We won't face temptation. Rather, it's the grace of God that strengthens us through it all. Think about this. I wrote this. If it's God's will for us to go through what we're facing, we can rest assured that as we lean into him, he will give us strength. Do you actually believe that? You know, we say it. We like, oh, the Lord's going to provide. He's going to give me strength. But there's sometimes when we, we hit that obstacle, we see it before us, we fight or we flight. Sometimes we can, we can forget this very promise, but the reality is this, life can be hard. I don't have to tell you that. Life can be full of injustice. Nevertheless, Jesus is showing us that the enduring presence and provision of God is enough that will see you through that temptation. But we have to have eyes to see how he's providing that way out. We're told in James 1, 12 to 17, blessed is the one who endures trials because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. No one undergoing a trial should say, I'm being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. 
But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own desire. Then after desire has conceived, it's given birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. You know, there's been times in conversation, you've probably been there too, where you're sitting down having a coffee with someone and you've heard people use the words, God is tempting me. You ever heard anyone say that? We can easily mistake the two between a testing and a tempting. And this verse puts it crystal clear for us that God of marvelous light does not tempt us. So where does that thought pattern come from? It can only come from the enemy. The agent of darkness wanting to twist things as he's always done so well since the garden. And yet throughout scripture, and I'm appreciating this as I talk to my younger self, if we really are honest with ourselves as we're reading the word of God, we will see that all the great men and women in scripture face challenges, face obstacles, face temptations of great weight and agony in life. But what made them heroes of the faith is they press onward towards the goal. They didn't give up. Look what happened to Judas. One of the 12. Now he fulfilled a purpose, but had Judas repented and said, I don't want your money. Lucifer would have tempted someone else. It says in Matthew 4.1, we see Jesus in the temptation. It says, Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So we can clearly know who tempts us and it's not of God. And when you think of these verses, these passages are so important is that when people ask you a question, you can give them the reference point. Well, it's only the devil who tempts us. It's never God. In fact, in John 17, it shows us that we will share in the glory of Christ. Well, what's that glory? Jesus pressed through temptation. He says in John 17, I have given them the glory you have given me. He's talking to the Father. So that they may be one as we are one. Think about it. Just as a man and woman become one flesh, we who are part of the body of Christ, not one, just one of us goes through obstacles. Not only one of us goes through temptation, but we all face it together in varying shapes and sizes. Have you ever actually met a believer who didn't go through challenges? Do you know any? I don't. I mean, if Jesus, again, Jesus can go through it. We're sharing in his glory. I wrote this here as a, a walkaway point for us today. As Christians, like Christ, we are not impervious to temptation. But his grace is sufficient for us also. Agony is defined as this. Extreme physical and mental suffering. And so here we see on the, the, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. It's a Passover night. And what's traditional this time, if maybe you understand this or not, they would go to the garden quite late. I showed us right at the beginning of the chapter that they made their way to the, the Mount of Olives. It was a place they would go through a regular occurrence, but this time it was not uncommon for the people of God to gather late and to recall the redemption of 
the festival that they, they take part in of the Passover, of what happened many years ago in Egypt. And yet, even though they would be there and they would stay up and recall the stories of how God intervened, the, the angel Lord moved over in the land of Egypt, but because they put the, the blood of a sacrificial lamb on their doorpost, the angel Lord did not touch the firstborn children of Israel. Although they could stay up and recount those stories and think, wow, could you imagine like the mercy and grace of God? And yet in this encounter, it says they were tired because of their grief and they went to sleep even though they were never present when the angel of the Lord moved and hovered over the land of Egypt. They were grieved because they knew what was going to come against their Lord, Christ, but they were not the ones who were going to drink of that cup, and yet they were asleep. So hours leading up to his arrest, Jesus is there. He's showing us, as he was showing his followers, the importance when you have something great that is going to lay against you, you need to pray. Now, some might say in this moment, Jesus lost faith. Maybe they'll say he wanted to give up. He said, Lord, if you could take this from me. But I believe that the author here in Luke is showing us that Jesus never once lost his faith, never wanted to give up, but he was showing us he was emotionally and, physical, uh, emotionally and physically at his breaking point in the flesh. He says this in Matthew 26, 38. I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. I got to admit, when I read that, I thought, Jesus said that? I am deeply grieved to the point of death. What this says to me, I wrote this here, it's an invitation to us to surround ourselves with others, to intercede with us when we're going through. Sometimes when we're facing an ordeal, it seems like it can be a temptation to isolate yourself when you're going through an illness, you're going through an obstacle. But in these moments, Jesus is showing us we need one another. When you're deeply grieved, remain together and pray together. But we can see here also, Jesus didn't stay in that place of agony. When the angel came and ministered to him, he regained his settled attitude and he said, not my will, but your will be done. One of the things I learned in preparation for today is why was Jesus in such tremendous agony? Now, you have, of course, you would say, well, you know, he's going to go to the cross. Wesley, he's going to be crucified. He's going to go through a very barbaric encounter. But as you read through and you see, it says the wages of sin is death. In the garden, we experience eternal separation from God. Jesus went from being at the right hand of the Father, encountering his presence daily, this intimacy that is absolutely incredible, but in the moment that he would go to the cross and the weight of sin would be put upon him, he would encounter for the very first time that eternal separation that would be ours. And it grieved him to the point that he, it was like he sweat blood. Just great big droplets of perspiration was hitting the floor. The agony of that feeling. He understood this spiritual separation and even that of his, of his friends, those he called brothers, that he knew that if he didn't go to the cross for them, this would be their eternal predicament. 
But we know when we, we know the end of the story, this situation, this obstacle, this challenge was only temporary because Jesus said, I have the authority to lay down my life and to pick it up again. And yet he felt the weight of that challenge. And so he tells his followers, as we can use it as a walking point today, prayer changes our orientation. It reorientates how we're gonna face the day. Even though Jesus had a, a will in the human flesh, it was not in opposition to the will of God. In 1 Peter 2.24, I found this past scripture very helpful. It says he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Hebrews 5a, although he was the son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. You know, sometimes since the scripture says that we are like Christ in the world, the fact that Jesus learned obedience by going through what he went through, if we were like he is in the world, we're going to go through similar experiences. We're going to learn obedience. Hebrews 2, 17, 18 says this, Therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way, so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God to make atonement for the sins of the people. For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. And so as we close here today, what I can appreciate about this very statement of the writer of Hebrews is that no matter what we face, Jesus understands. When we sing, God really loves us, he really loves us. He knows what we're encountering. He knows what we're facing. But he knows how you can get beyond that obstacle. He knows how you can get beyond that challenge. He says, pray. Pray that you will not fall into temptation. I've said it before. When it came to planting even this work in Waterford, there were different voices and such. There were those encouraging and saying, how exciting to be walking in these footsteps. It's, it's going to be a challenge, but the Lord is with you. And then there were other voices saying, man, it's going to be too tough. It's, it's, you should just pack it in. You'll find another job or maybe you, could, you can get the picture. And, you know, at times, and it seems like in the late hours, that that's when the temptation is the greatest. And yet, before you hit that pillow at night, you can rest in the Lord as you pray and say, Lord, this is your will for my life. I'm trusting in your enduring provision for it. And so when we began Hope for Today, that was a, a, a nightly prayer that I would go through. Lord, if this is your will, you're going to see it through. You're going to see me through and all who participate in it for as long and whatever that season looks like. And he's provided He's been working through it. He's been working through each of you. And it shows us that when we meet these challenges before us together, there's nothing we can't overcome by his presence. Amen. I'm going to invite John and the team to come. And we're going to do something a little bit different here this afternoon. And those who are watching also virtually, I, I invite you to participate right where you are. We're going to pray.
For Jesus, prayer was not an escape. It was not a means to avoid what is before us. But it prepares us. It strengthens us. And so what we're going to do is there's a microphone here. And I'm going to encourage each of you to, uh, to come and to offer a prayer. You don't, it's okay. If you don't want to be on, on camera, that's just fine. Um, but you can come and you're going to offer a prayer. Maybe there's something you're going through personally or you just want, just feel a leading in your spirit uh, to pray and intercede for something that's on your heart. And we're gonna do this together in this practice because Jesus, as he said in the garden, he said, pray that you will not fall into temptation. So John and them are gonna help set the atmosphere for us as we believe, as we worship, as we pray that the oppressive voice of the enemy, the, the ministering spirits of darkness have to flee. Let us begin to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your living word. We thank you, Jesus, that we can trust in your enduring presence that is always with us. Lord, sometimes we can forget that you were tempted in every way just like us. And yet you endured what none of us have had to endure and never will, the cross. Father, thank you for that tremendous sacrifice, that willingness to defeat that obstacle that was before us, the wages of sin, of death. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you teach us to pray, to go to your Father just as you went before him, to seek his will above everything else. And you encouraged your followers as you encourage us here today through the reading of your word to pray that we would not fall into temptation. And so, Spirit of God, would you move in us? Speak to our heart of the, the areas and matters that we need to pray about. Speak to us. Speak through us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So as the worship team plays, I'm just going to put this mic in a little bit more comfortable spot, perhaps. And we're reminded in scripture, it says, to not forsake gathering together. And whenever you meet together, each one of you has a psalm, a hymn, a word, a revelation. And that can also be manifested through prayer. So I wanna encourage you this afternoon to, to step out and we're gonna give it some time as John leads us. And so as you feel prompted, as you feel encouraged, as you feel emboldened to do so, to come on up and offer a word of prayer and then we'll, uh, we'll close in a matter of time.
I will search for yours. And Jesus, take my life and lead me on. Lord, we just thank you that you just give us so much strength each day that help us to never give up, never give in. No matter what we're going through, you're always with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. When you're weak, you make us strong. And we just thank you that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your healing power. And we thank you for everyone here today. We just thank you so much. We're grateful. And we thank you, Lord, that we can look at you and what you went through. And no matter what we're battling, you've been there. You've been there. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. doing in my life like the healing and I pray for people's hearts that they come back to the Lord and I just have like revival is coming on my heart like the revival of the Lord and of the church thankful for who you are and for what you've done for us and that you continue to do on a daily basis. Father, you, you are with us, consistent, always, always with us, no matter the challenges we face. And Lord God, you know the battles that I fight. You know the struggles that I have. But you promised that I wouldn't have to go through any of it on, uh, on my own. You're always there. And um, I thank you, Lord, that you do challenge us, that you do put us through situations that we need to uh, trust you and depend on you. 
to, uh, to fight, to stand, and to rise to the challenges. And, and Lord, um, yes, as I go through these struggles, these temptations, I thank you that you're there strengthening me and helping me to overcome and to rise above them. And uh, I, I also pray, God, that you would help me to be bold in my witness to those who don't know you, that I would be able to speak with, be able to explain the good news clearly and, and with power, your power, God, so that your Holy Spirit would draw. Even in my family, Lord, there's, there's so many that they don't know you personally. And uh, I pray that you'll help me to reach them for you, Lord. And uh, I just thank you for this family here, Lord, that you brought us here and that we can be a part of this place, this, this family. Just continue, God, to work in all of our lives, strengthening us and helping us through our battles. In Jesus' name, amen. a good father to each and every one of us and I thank you Lord for the body of Christ I pray for each and every one of our brothers and sisters all over the world Lord God we pray father that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would fall heavily upon each one of them and we ask Lord that all the barriers that have been raised up by denominational rules and regulations would be torn down now in the name of Jesus, that we would come together as the body of Christ, that we would stand with one another no matter what labels we put on each other, that we would be the children of God that you've called us to be, that we would be those raise the name of Jesus high above all of our differences and all of our problems. I thank you, Father, that you are dealing with each and every heart of your children. 
I thank you, Lord, that even now you are drawing us to yourself. And Lord, when you draw us to you, we put aside these simple, irrelevant rules that we have made. We thank you, Father, that even now you are binding us together, binding us to you, binding us into a spirit of love and joy. And I thank you, Lord God, that even now, even now, you are raising up men and women of God to go into the harvest field because, Lord, your word says the harvest is ripe and we need workers. And so, Lord, we pray for the workers that will go out into the highways and the byways and draw them, not by words that they say, but by the love of Christ that is in them. And we thank you, Father, that even now, your blessings are on those that don't know you yet, but they soon will. Because Lord, we know you're coming back soon. And we look to that day when you will return and claim us as your own. And we thank you for that, Lord God. We thank you, Father, that you bless us. And no matter what ailments we have, no matter what situations we face, we have a rock a solid rock in you, Jesus, that we can lean on, that we know that you will see us through no matter what happens. Whether we live or die, we are Christ. And we thank you for that, Lord God. And we give you praise, we give you glory, and we worship you, O Lord, because you and you alone are worthy of the worship and the praise and the glory. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus.
Your home. 